Hello and welcome to Angular Air, episode 25, talking about ES6 and whether you should be using Babel or in which, what conditions you should be using App Babel versus TypeScript on your Angular project. So my name is Jeff Welpley. I'm filling in for Kent C. Dodds today. And we also have Patrick Stapleton with us. Patrick, why don't you say hi? Hey, guys. We're going to have Amy join us a little bit later in the broadcast, but uh, let's get started. So the topic for today is, one, because every Angular developer is going to be faced with this question sometime in the next year as they start to think about Angular 2. They start to see a lot of the ECMAScript 6, ECMAScript 2015, whatever you want to call it, um, stuff starts to become a reality. So let's first kind of go over... Uh, some of the options available and kind of what uh, what they entail. So obviously most people have their current projects just using ES5, but Patrick, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, TypeScript first, and then you know we'll talk about uh, Babel before we get into kind of comparing the two. Yeah, so so TypeScript is really just a, a superset on top of ES6. So essentially it's ES6 plus types. And types is pretty much optional, but with TypeScript you get you get a lot of benefits over uh, tooling. So you get auto completion. That's like one thing that's missing from JavaScript development compared to other languages is that um, you're able to in other languages you're able to with an adversary like auto complete. Like what exactly is the next thing? Or what are the methods for this particular thing? Um, you don't we don't quite have that story in, in JavaScript. So. Um, TypeScript uh, allows us to have that and is able to um, help us uh, kind of like, in a way, it's kind of like testing your code without any tests. It's like a, another layer. Um, so it's also great for um, figuring out that this parameter is actually different, actually uh, requires this, or you're actually using this wrong. Um, and that's because you define the types and everything. Um, so it, it pretty much just gives you more structure in your dynamic language, um, but that's optional. Yep. And, and what about, uh, you know, Babel? So what's the difference between if you were going to use TypeScript and if you're going to use just basic, you know, ES6 using Babel as a transpiler? Yeah, so Babel is more of like, um, it's good to kind of like remember how Babel started, right? So um, when Tracer came out, um, it was kind of an experiment for people to kind of dabble in this new like language features and, and kind of figure out um, what's good and what's not. And uh, what happened is that the output of that code is actually really, like it's really hard to kind of, uh, for humans to kind of figure out what's going on. And, with, and with Tracer you're talking about that, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm talking about, uh, so Tracer, it um, compiles a code, um, so it compiles like ES6-ish code to ES5. Um, it was created by, by Google um, as a way to experiment. But um, because uh, this one guy, uh, he saw, like, everyone kind of agreed on this opinion that, like, that code didn't really make sense, and that was because it's, it's optimized for, you know, computers. It makes sense. Um, Babel was created, and it started with just one simple thing, and that is creating a class um, very simply using the actual, like, as if you would write it in ES5. And from there, it actually like grew 
to what it is today and actually like adding like all of the ES6 features and uh, for a time it was called 6 to 5 because it was compiling ES6 to 5 um, but that was before um, Babel started introducing ES7 stuff and then it would be called 7 to, f 7 to 5 or 7 to 6 and then it was, it was getting a little hairy there. Um, but that's that's kind of the history of Babel is that it started with I want the output to be to look like as if I wrote it. Um, you know, so like it's it's keeping in that mindset of just keep it more around um, ES5. Yeah, and the uh, creator of Babel is Sebastian McKenzie, a really interesting guy. Uh, I think he's going to be on uh, he's recording a JavaScript Jabber episode later today, which is going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, teenager when he created the six to five project that's just kind of gone bonkers. So uh, he's pretty awesome. Uh, so you know, I'm curious before we kind of get into the whole you know Babel versus TypeScript thing. You know, there's a lot of people out there that just like ES5 the way it is, like Douglas Crockford, for example, <laughs> and a lot of people uh, who prefer kind of functional programming, don't, don't care about types, don't care about some of the syntactical sugar. So what is the problem with just sticking with ES5? Like, is there any downside to that? So there's, there's technically no downside um, to sticking with ESI, uh, ES5. The whole point of the web is not to break the web, so everything about the web has to be backwards compatible. Um, and there, there are people who are very uh, vocal in this regard, like uh, pretty much everyone um, who's notable in, in JavaScript actually really uh, kind of hates classes in that in that regard, like those Crawford and um, but like that's largely due to a lot of the the problems of a lot of a. Uh, bad practices and, and bad patterns that a lot of people use uh, in other languages and other projects. Um, and that is like having a deeply nested uh, class hierarchy where you have this inherits this and inherits this and this inherits that. And the problem is that um, it's really hard to change the, the top layer class without affecting everything. Without It's really hard to change this because um, it's basically like, it's like CSS in that regard where um, if once you create it, it's kind of there, and then you just have to create more of it, and you, you don't want to break everything else. Um, and that's kind of like where everyone kind of like um, is saying it's kind of like going against this class movement, but um, kind of like the the reason why we'd, we'd want to do this is because um, the browsers are, I mean, like, they're written in other languages. Right? Um, deep down in lower levels, they, they use object-oriented design patterns, and and one of the advantages of, of classes is that you, um, at a lower level, it actually mimics the class in that language, um, and that's something that um, you don't really know, but whenever you create an object literal, it's actually reflecting that at a lower level with an actual class for each object, and um, when you create a prototype chain, it's essentially it has to make a, a lookup for each one of those um, uh, prototypes in your chain uh, that you're delegating to, and it has to keep that in memory. But um, I guess the other telling of the times is really just like when uh, is Dart, for example, like uh, they create, like Google, they, they created Dart. This is, this is yet another language that compiles to JavaScript. Um, but uh, basically, 
That is a classical system. Dart is basically what if... Dart is basically um, what if JavaScript was created in a classical system and just classes no prototypes. Uh, that, that is pretty much what would happen. And um, the speed benefits there is just you get twice as fast um, speed just because you're able to, again, like mimic as much as possible of the, the structure. Well, before we digress into yeah, some of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so before we digress into some, some of that, I, I think it might be good to talk about um, just with either TypeScript or ES5 in our current projects, before we get into kind of like the future and, you know, why we would want to use this moving forward, uh, in my Angular 1 app that I have today, you know, how can I start to use some of this? How would you suggest, Patrick, that, you know, you would start to implement, you know, either, you know, Babel and ES6 or, you know, would you go straight to TypeScript with your current project? Um, yeah, so how would I start? Can you say that again? Like, so in your current Angular 1 project today, yeah. how would you start to implement, you know, would you or have you started to use either Babel or TypeScript in your current project? So I've been using TypeScript for the most part, um, for the better part of the few recent months, but um, I recommend everyone to just turn on, you know, Babel, because uh, the whole point, I, I think it's it's a good introduction to start with Babel, and then if you feel like diving into TypeScript to do that, but essentially, um, the again, the whole part of the web is not to break the web, so you could literally turn on Babel and not use any of the ES6 features, and you would still, everything will still be fine. Um, so I think the best part, or the best migration is just to um, get your build system to use Babel, and then just that's pretty much it, and you just start writing it. The other the other way of of uh, doing that is basically um, in your build system, have your files um, say like Babel.js or es.es6.js, then have your build system detect those files and compile those only in Babel, so that way you know explicitly like this files for for es6 or es7 or Babel, and then these other files are just ES5. Um, so I think that that's one of the best ways to kind of get started just to get the system up and running. Um, with Angular, like, you could start using, um, like, again, like, uh, the class systems. Like, uh, in Angular 2, um, it's kind of normal to use the, the service, the dot service syntax. No, this is in, so in Angular 1, sorry. In Angular 1, there's a, a dot service. There's a dot factory, dot service, dot provider. Um, the pattern that Angular 2 uses mostly is the, the dot service pattern, and that is creating a, a class where the, the arguments in the constructor uh, gets injected. So um, for the, the migration, migration plan um, of switching to these other languages, it's a good idea to start um, creating your services with classes and using that because that alone um, transfers very well to Angular 2 because the only the only difference is just the the DI and that's the DI is basically um, how your services get injected 
in your other services. So the stuff that gets uh, injected inside of the constructor uh, parameters. Okay, so it sounds like you know you're using both Angular or TypeScript rather and Babel and some of the current stuff you're working on. Amy, uh, th thanks for joining us today. Uh, yeah, how are you doing? Sorry, a little late. <laughs> no, it's fine. So, Amy, have you started to use um, either Babel or TypeScript in any of your current projects? Uh, yeah, at home, and then actually we're using it uh, in production at my job as well. So we've started to convert some of our uh, Angular 1 stuff um, over to ES6 in hopes of making migration easier. And so is there a reason why you guys chose to use uh, Babel then instead of TypeScript? Um, you know, there wasn't a huge discussion around it. I think we went with Babel because, well, actually I take that back. We did discuss it a little bit, and I think because we also use Node uh, for our APIs that we liked the idea. Um, I, actually, I don't know. If, I guess you can use TypeScript and Node, but, um, you know, we like the idea of having something a little lighter weight that we could use on a full stack. So, you know, I... Yeah, we just didn't do a whole lot of discussion around TypeScript. It was kind of just already Babel. Okay. Well, how about this? Let's get into some of the kind of advantages, disadvantages. I, I'd, I'd like to kind of go through, and maybe, you know, we'll circle back or whatever, but let's just kind of hit one up at a time. You know, what are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? That What kind of some things that we can kind of pull together, and then maybe we'll kind of... Um, compare them some more after we kind of go through the initial list. So let's start off with Babel. You know, what are, and, and Amy, let's kind of go, go back to you since you have been using this a lot in production. Yep. Um, you know, what are the advantages of using uh, Babel? Um, like I said, I don't know. I think for us, so, you know, the application that we work on is extremely large. Um, so we... You know, I think I we like the idea of, you know, with Babel, um, you know, as for on the front end, as the browsers, like, start to support these features, um, you know, it's very easy to turn off that transpiling and just fall back to the actual browser support. Um, I guess same thing with Node itself when it's, you know, if it were to start supporting some of these features, we could fall back to the native support, whereas TypeScript, you know, you're, you know, kind of, you can turn off things, but you're, locked in, if you use TypeScript features, you're locked into those features. Okay, that's good. And then, uh, Patrick, anything you want to add there for advantages on the Babel side? Yeah, that's basically, she touched, like, all the all the good ones. Essentially, like, um, there's not a lot of, compared to, to TypeScript, there's not a lot of um, overhead. It's more of, like, progressive. Um, you can use as much features as you want or much, and you're not, you're not tied into uh, some of the features that are just TypeScript. Um, uh, features. So yeah. Okay. The one thing I would add actually uh, is the community size that yep. you know when you compare TypeScript is not small by any means, but um, it is you know somewhat more limited. Like there there's people you know uh, a lot of React uh, developers that are starting to use Babel. Like a lot of you know from many different JavaScript frameworks have kind of converged on using Babel, whereas TypeScript, you know, is very popular for people that, you know, currently use, you know, Java as a backend or .NET, um, you know, and, and uh, a lot of people that are starting to look into Angular 2 even. Uh, but it, it uh, when you compare either the you know, GitHub stars or just kind of the general feel out there, 
uh, I've always found that it's you know not only more popular. And what does that translate to? Like it means for supporting libraries for a lot of the things like okay, I have a question and I look it up. Like and this is from my own experience and kind of uh, I, I work with one project uh, using Babel like uh, for work and then uh, for the Angular two core work that I do, it's you know TypeScript and I found that it's just much easier to find the answers to my questions and things that people have already written um, on the kind of battle side of things. Uh, have you have you guys found that to be the uh, same as well? Yeah, for me probably. I mean, so when I was in my boot camp last year, you know, we already started looking at uh, ES6 and started using it in some of our apps. So um, I definitely was exposed to it much earlier. I, that's as far as, you know, my take on it. <laughs> Okay, uh, so let's move to some of the uh, disadvantages, if there are any. Uh, Patrick, uh, do you see, and you know, obviously, in compared to using something like uh, TypeScript, like where, where is maybe uh, Babel doesn't do as well? Yeah, so so technically, this is a disadvantage for for both, but essentially, um, just the fact that you have to compile something, like technically, you could include. Um, a browser compiler um, that is good, that's okay for development purposes and just stuff to hack away. Um, but the one of the disadvantages that these languages both have is um, the the fact that you have to have a build system and how like um, so that's it's kind of like a whole other discussion. But essentially, like that's a disadvantage. Um, the other disadvantage um, is uh, an advantage of, of TypeScript, so it technically doesn't really matter. But it's just like um, like auto completion, that's that's also no, that's it doesn't make sense um, as a disadvantage. But um, I guess well, I think I think what you're saying there is that um, you know it's not that there isn't any auto completion when you use Babel. I, I think that uh, what's the new ID that um, a lot of the React guys use now? Uh, do you remember? Uh, no. Nah. Anyway, there there are. Ways of doing, you know, in WebStorm even has, you know, some level of auto completion, but it, it it is better with TypeScript. Like if you are in Visual Studio Code, if you have like all of your type definition files set up, I mean, it's just much better. It's more thorough uh, for sure. I would say too, like for our team. So back to talking about that, I would say the decision makers all use Vim. So and at least half of our team uses Vim. So. Like the tooling is, you know, I think when we talked on JS Java with the TypeScript people, um, you can set up tooling with Vim, but it's extremely difficult, or, or no, not as easy as it would be if you're just using. Like, yeah, and I don't know many people that uh, are Vim TypeScript users for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't either. Okay, so let's let's move on. We sort of overlapping here. Like the you started to get into some of the advantages of. TypeScript, you know, basically coming down to the tooling, really, right? You know, what what is it about um, the way TypeScript is set up as far as an advantage goes that you know the tooling provides, you know, benefit, uh, Patrick? Yeah, I guess it's worth noting that, like, um, that as of right now, we can't really find any uh, disadvantage uh, uh, for for Babel. Um, so now back to to TypeScript. The advantages of TypeScript is actually the typesys of itself. Um, and that's harping back to the, the auto completion that we we spoke about earlier. Essentially, um, you can have auto completion with other with um, like stuff like you could include a, a 
code snippet thing for Angular or code snippet for React. Uh, but the problem is that it's not smart. Like you, you'll type in something in like React, um, and then you'll get an autocompletion for Angular and vice versa for Angular. Um, and that's because it's not the the editor or the IDE is not smart enough um, to figure out what your code's doing. And that's something that that the editor can do with with TypeScript because it's able to figure out, um, it's able to statically analyze your code and figure out exactly what where the the moving parts. And that's what TypeScript really is. It's just saying these types go in and these types go out of these functions. And then from there, you're able to determine like where the flow of code is actually going. And um, because of that, you're able to get actual autocompletion that's, that's actually smart and correct, um, as opposed to um, like other code snippet plugins where you, you just don't have that. And the big advantage is basically for, for large applications, um, you literally could just press dot, and then you could see, you could just type in stuff, and you could see like exactly the method name, and you don't have to typo the method name at all. Or like, what if like your teammate decides to write this particular method in uh, snake case rather than camel case? Well, the autocompletion will actually like show you that, and you can actually use the correct method rather than getting a, a silent error, um, like type of, type of undefined is not a function. Rather than the famous uh, JavaScript error, like you'll actually like not have that. Uh, because of the autocompletion, so like that's that's kind of the the biggest advantage of of TypeScript is is that um, the and it's mostly for like larger teams um, because of, in that regard um, because your your the idea is that it's the same thing like with with CSS where you, you essentially it's really hard to determine it's really hard to keep the whole system in your head. Right in in a large application, and because of that, um, teams are usually isolated to one particular part of the web page, sometimes, and that's why like um, having stuff like autocomplete and um, is great for for larger teams because you're now able to determine like the interface for something like a lot easier. Without Wait, one one thing you you mentioned that um, we didn't really have any real disadvantages for Babel, and maybe that's true, but, you know, one thing that is an advantage for Angular that you mentioned that uh, sort of is somewhat disadvantages on the Babel side in regard to Angular 2 is the syntax sugar that is within TypeScript um, for dependency injection. So in um, Angular 2 and TypeScript, uh, you know, when you'd find your types, you know, in your class, let's say, or, you know, uh, uh, factory function, you have your input um, parameters and you can define your types uh, with colon and then the type name, right? Uh, it, with Angular 2, it kind of overloads that syntax so that it will do a binding um, automatically and instantiate that object. And so that just, it's just sugar because you can do the same ES6 Babel if you want. It's just, you know, more typing because you have to do the bind function and everything. Um, but it, it does look a little bit cleaner. So that's just like one small thing that uh, is kind of an advantage for TypeScript as well with Angular 2. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Like, um, and what, hap what happens there is that in TypeScript, you're able to say, <coughs> you're able to say emit metadata, 
and essentially what it's doing is that it's emitting the the types that are in the constructor, and then Angular is able to hook into that, and then um, with the DI system in Angular 2, essentially, um, rather than in Angular 1, where the token is just a string, that, and so let me just, like, step back a little bit. So, like, in Angular 1, um, you inject things um, using string tokens, and that is essentially the array, and then string this, string that, string that, and then function. So basically, each one of those strings is a token that represents that particular service. Um, now in Angular 2, you're able to use the, the function itself and this particular type and say this type um, is this service, right? So um, that's pretty much what Angular 2 takes advantage of and say, like, and rather than a string syntax, which you could still do that, but um, with... Uh, TypeScript, because this is kind of built into language, you're able to emit that uh, metadata. Uh, essentially, Angular 2 is able to hook into that and give you a very, very clean way of injecting um, your dependencies, which is actually, like, really, really nice. And in fact, you could just use TypeScript just for that feature alone, and it would be great. And you get the benefits of the auto-completion and everything. Um, and then that's, that's essentially, to be honest, like, that's what mostly I use it for is just like just for that and then uh, the auto completion and stuff um, but if the application gets a lot longer then then it's good to know that you could just add more types to this or or, or something like that and then yeah so yeah it'd be interesting um, one thing you you'd mentioned earlier Patrick is about uh, dart when you're kind of digressing into it one of your one of your tangents and uh, <laughs> you <laughs> And uh, the, the original reason why the team, the Google team, used Dart, uh, from my understanding from kind of talking to some of their team members, was, you know, for the strong typing, some of the um, similar capabilities that are now being provided with TypeScript um, that weren't kind of available as much uh, back then. Uh, so it will be interesting to see kind of um, to what to, where the direction of kind of Dart goes in the future. Um, as TypeScript kind of gains prominence. But um, before we move on to kind of disadvantages, Amy, was there anything you wanted to add there for advantages on the TypeScript side? I would not be a fair one to say because I have not really used it other than little bitty things at home, so I better not speak. <laughs> no worries. Okay. So disadvantages, and, and I can start off here, um, you know, because this is kind of the one thing that uh, I'm sure everybody who gets started with TypeScript, including myself, kind of ran into, which is kind of the uh, type definition wrangling. Like, it's great to have the types and having auto-completion in your IDE, uh, Visual Studio Code, or whatever you're going to use, WebStorm. Um, but there's some work you have to do to get there, right? And uh, I think I've definitely had frustration. I know that uh, you know a lot of people that start to use TypeScript before they get used to it have, which is, you know, uh, not every library has the types defined. Not everything is written in TypeScript, obviously. So you have to um, provide some of the type definitions. Now, a lot of them are available on the definitely typed um, website, where you can kind of just download it and use their types. But it's just one of these, you know, additional things to manage. Sometimes the types from definitely typed aren't exactly right. Uh, sometimes they don't keep up to date with the library underlying library. There's all sorts of like little things that kind of got you. Um, you know, Patrick, what, do you have anything to add on, on that point? 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like, um, when starting a repo with TypeScript, it's more of like, um, so for me, like, I, I kind of like, like, even though it's kind of a pain, I, I just kind of used, got used to it, but essentially it's like, oh, I'm going to start a TypeScript repo, so let me just get my, my TST, which is the TypeScript definition uh, command line utility. Let me get that. Let me download all these types. Let me, like, um, set up my, my types in order to um, structure it in such a way that makes sense for me. And then, um, then you run into, like you said, problems with um, some type definitions that are just not complete. Like, just recently I submitted a, a pull request for uh, Browserify's type system. And um, basically, like, um, because it's largely community-driven, it kind of sucks in that regard because it's um, up to the community to update that. And that's largely due to these projects not being created in, in TypeScript. Um, and that's not, like, saying that they should or anything, but... Um, that that's kind of like uh, the disadvantages of of uh, TypeScript is because because everything's not written in TypeScript, not a lot of people really care about that, and it leaves it to the community to to do that. And there's like just well, there's a huge community that's actually um, doing TypeScript, so um, a lot of the types are there. So. Well, it's true. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, like you said. Sometimes they aren't up to date and everything. And and actually, um, a second thing I, I would add is that um, you know there is because there is a pretty big community for TypeScript. Uh, a lot of the stuff that you find on the just Babel side of things, tooling wise, there is an equivalent. But what I found is actually there's uh, a lot of tools that don't cross over. Like you can't use some of the tools that are built, you know, for, you know, Babel 4, just ES6, you, you need a TypeScript-specific version of that tool. And, and kind of one of the examples there is uh, the linting tool. Like, so you can't uh, really use ESLint, right? You, you have to use TSLint, which is similar. Uh, there are a lot, a lot of, like, uh, similarities. Like, there's some stuff that you can do the same, but it's not exactly the same. You don't have the... the number of people contributing to the same. You don't have, like, the, the, if you want to reuse other people's, um, like, style definitions and stuff like that, there's not as many out there. You know, there's, like, little things like that. And uh, and then what about, uh, Patrick, uh, as far as, like, uh, open source? Um, it just still on the disadvantage side, uh, and we're talking about contributing to an open source project. You know, does TypeScript have any adverse impact, or, or do you think it has an adverse impact uh, to getting contributors? Because I know that that was traditionally a problem on the CoffeeScript side, you know, having something that was not, not exactly JavaScript. You know, the, the open source libraries that were written in CoffeeScript uh, have had trouble getting contributors. Uh, do you see that same thing on the TypeScript side? Yeah, so it's interesting that you brought up uh, CoffeeScript because I was also in that boat, and what's interesting is that I came from uh, a Ruby background where I actually liked ty uh, CoffeeScript because it was like, oh, I don't know JavaScript. Uh, what's this CoffeeScript? It looks like Ruby. I like it now. And then I actually learned JavaScript, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And I actually don't like CoffeeScript. I still can use it, still can read it and everything. Um, but the thing about CoffeeScript is that it's very like it's very terse. 
and because of that, um, that's the reason why a lot of people were kind of this way from from looking at it. So whenever there's an example and it's in CoffeeScript, everyone's like, "Ah, oh, I don't even I don't even know what's going on here." Um, but for for TypeScript, it's I think it's a little bit different because, um, for example, code examples are a lot uh, better because because we have those types, you're able to say like, "This is exactly what goes in and out." Um, so that's great. But in terms of source code, yeah, there is a there is a, an overhead, um, just like CoffeeScript, but I wouldn't say it's just as bad, um, because picking up TypeScript is pretty easy. It's really just it's really just getting used to the ES6 features, and then types are just there, because um, there I think I remember the the first time diving into Angular 2 source code. <laughs> That was that was pretty fun. I was like, I don't know what's going on in here, <laughs> and there's like so many moving parts. But um, like majority of the overhead is just ES6. So if we are in a world where everyone is kind of used to ES6, then contributing to to uh, codebase and TypeScript is like no brainer. Um, but there there is that overhead of this isn't what I'm used to, and I have to learn this in order to contribute. But then again, like if you contribute small feature, which is majority of contributions out there, because um, essentially people contribute small and then kind of like gain momentum uh, in the repo. But like um, because of that uh, trend, um, it's really easy to contribute <coughs> to to a TypeScript repo or Babel or ES6 repo um, incrementally and just say like this is how I know how to do it. And then someone will comment saying, oh, could you do this? Could you add these types? And it would be pretty easy to do that. Um, I think it's just like the intimidation of that. Um, well, is it, is it fair to say that more than likely something uh, like TypeScript it will result in you know probably less contributors, but uh, it'll be easier to maintain the project? I mean, that's at least kind of the way that I see the Angular core uh, project going that you know it, there is this you know extra barrier that people have to get over, um, and it is like some of the stuff you said uh, it is confusing, intimidating kind of when you get started, um, but there are there's reasons why they're doing that right. That, uh, once you understand everything and you know actually modifying the code, there's that extra level of safety. There's uh, it's easier to refactor you know all of, all of those types of things. Um, so do, do you think that's the case, Patrick? Yeah, it's definitely. For for the Angular team and everything, it's it's easier to maintain uh, a TypeScript repo because you're you have a better sense of the world. Um, but you're right that it's not it's probably not so much for uh, other people unless they're you know um, used to TypeScript. Um, because yeah, it would definitely be it's definitely probably not the best thing for um, in terms of trying to get more people on board, but Again, like uh, I'm trying to say, like we're we're reaching a world where uh, ES6 is kind of normal. In which case, if you kind of take that, you know, um, if ES6 is kind of normal for everyone in the world, then it's a lot. The barrier to entry, I guess, is a lot lower. But um, we're still on that initial hump where pretty much everyone switching to ES6. But, okay. Um, so, like the primary advantage with a lot of what we're talking about is kind of the typing and some of the stuff that that allows. So Amy, 
with the current project you're working on with ES6 and Babel, obviously you want to achieve some of the same goals as far as making your code base easier to update and you know more robust and that type of thing. So what types of strategies, since you guys don't have you know, strong typing, you know, do you guys use like unit tests and that type of thing in order to ensure that um, the team can work more effectively together? Or what, what types of uh, uh, things do you guys implement uh, along those lines? Yeah, so we did a bunch of things. Actually, when we started refactoring over to, well, first off, we, you know, our app was built, um, before I was there, it was built before a lot of these best practices came out. So we started converting everything to controller as. While we did that, we also started updating stuff to ES6. So when we did that, we put together um, like some coding standards that are up on our internal documentation so that people have to follow that. Um, we also uh, always do code reviews. But as far as like the, the code itself, um, uh, we're also in the process of uh, getting JSCS in there so that it's also going to make sure that you know, some of our styles are there. Um, always have to have comments, but then yes. What, what's a JSCS? Can you JSCS? Um, it's my understanding. I think JSCS is like it also does linting, but it also does styling. So if you have um, like specific internal styles, like you want tabs or your comments have to be a certain way, it will do all of that. It will check for all of that. Um, but as far as testing, yes. So that is huge. We um, all of our code has to be 100% covered with unit and functional tests, unless we have a darn good reason for it. And whoever's doing our code reviews also has to be on the same page that like this is nearly impossible to test. So you're okay with not having it covered. So uh, I would say our biggest strategies are you know the unit and functional tests, and then uh, just very strict on commenting. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I, I've heard a similar thing from other people, um, you know, trying, basically using, you know, testing to help out, uh, you know, validate, do the same types of things that you would um, do with, you know, uh, strong typing to ensure that the right data is being passed in and that type of thing. Uh, but, you know, if, we, if you were to take things further, uh, you know, one thing that some people have brought up is, you know, if you really did want to have strong typing, you know, with Babel, you know, what about using something like Flow, like uh, from you know Facebook's Flow system, which is another typing system. Um, you know, it, it can still, you know, whereas TypeScript, you know, is something separate. You know, you can't really use TypeScript and Babel together. Those are kind of like uh, two uh, ways of accomplishing the same goal or two different ways or whatever. Um, but fl flow does fit yeah. in, that you could use flow and um, Babel. So uh, Amy, have you guys looked into that or have any uh, thoughts on that side? We're not actually doing it, but it has been discussed. So it's definitely something that we're thinking about. OK. And, and Patrick, have you, have you looked into that at all? Yeah, so all I know about flow is that um, there's one differentiator between flow and, and TypeScript, and that is um, kind of the philosophy of, of types. So with Flow, their philosophy of types is basically that uh, it's, too, it's more centric around uh, JavaScript and how dynamic it is, as opposed to, to TypeScript, which is more of like um, derived from, <coughs> from other languages, <coughs> which is why like TypeScript is easier for a lot of people coming from other languages, because it's, it's very similar. Um, 
with flow, it's it's similar in that regard that you, you do get times, but it's more it's more geared towards the dynamic nature of, of JavaScript. But with that said, I haven't um, dove into it or anything uh, other than uh, knowing that. Yeah, in other words, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, understood, understood. Okay, uh, so we have a couple uh, questions that people post on Twitter. You know, we have a couple more minutes if anybody wants to tweet to the tag NGR question. Um, so let's uh, go over those, and then uh, if anybody else gets a question in, we'll answer that, and then we'll get to picks. So uh, first one up is, is it possible to specify a TypeScript interface in a constructor and configure DI to uh, specify the concrete class to inject? And I believe this is what Angular 2 is doing. Or it, maybe this person is asking, you know, without Angular 2. Um, Patrick, uh, you know, why don't you field this one? Yeah, so you're able to specify interfaces in uh, TypeScript. Essentially, it's kind of like you could think of it as like a way to define how this should be. Um, it's kind of hard to like explain it with words, <laughs> but essentially, um, I don't know if that's possible to do that. Patrick, um, we're on a podcast. You have to use words. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I'm saying like I don't know how to. Ex how to um, explain an interface. Um, it's easier just to show it that people kind of get it instantly. But um, essentially, uh, I don't know if you if you're able to create an interface um, and specify the types in that constructor of the interface. So you're able to say this like interface has a constructor that has these parameters. I don't know if TypeScript um, uh, right now is able to emit those. Um, that's actually a really interesting question. I'll try it out, but I don't. I don't know if that's like possible to do that. That's um, a very interesting question. Um. Okay, maybe uh, something, Patrick. After you uh, look to it, you can post on uh, our Google Plus page. Yep, I can post it on Google Plus, and then I'll, I'll tweet it back. Okay. Uh, next question is: Which workflow would you currently recommend uh, between? You know, TypeScript, uh, ES6, Babel, ES5, or rather TypeScript, ES5. I, I think, um, okay, I think I had a reverse. I, I think they're saying if you start off at ES5, either going straight to TypeScript or TypeScript to Babel, and then, or sorry, ES5 to Babel and then TypeScript. So whether you have basically Babel as a kind of an interim step, which I think Patrick was starting to... Um, suggest. So, uh, since Patrick, you, you started to <laughs> suggest this before, like, which of those two were you recommending? I think um, it depends on how much, how tolerant you are to change, and how much you're willing to, to learn, because you could jump from ESX all the way to TypeScript and just say, like, oh, I'm just going to learn all this, or I'm just going to, like, you know, do all this right now. Um, or you could do the incremental changes, just uh, turn on Babel and, like, once you are ready enough and understand like ES6, then go to, to TypeScript. Um, I think it's a matter of uh, just preference from there because for me, I jumped um, I jumped from ES5 to, to TypeScript, and then from there, it's it's easy enough to pick up anything else. Um, but I think it's just matter of preference. I would personally recommend ES5 to Babel to um, TypeScript um, just because it's it's the incremental step, and 
once you learned uh, ES5 with Babel, it's easy enough to just use TypeScript. But it also depends on on you and your team. If you have a large team, then it actually does make more sense to do TypeScript, just because you have the auto completion and uh, and that that safety with that. Uh, so well, yeah, I'm curious uh, because you know we've said a number of times that okay, you have a large team. There's more advantages to using something like TypeScript. You know what about the case? And, and maybe I'll, I'll you know I'd like the opinions of both of you guys. Like. If you were going to start, let's say, uh, a new startup today, um, so you don't have anything, you know, there's no pre-existing um, code or, you know, whatever, and it's something where, it, you know, got, you got a lot of funding, so it'll be like a fast growth business. So, like, small team to start off with that will probably grow to be larger over time, but, you know, initially is smaller. Um, you know, it, it is harder to write something once and then, you know, rewrite it. So... In that type of situation, you know, would, would what would you guys do? Would you start off with Babel, or would you start off right away with TypeScript? Uh, and Amy, maybe go go to you first. Oh man, so uh, yeah, there's too many outside factors for me to answer this question well. Like things that I would consider would be, um, you know, the developers that I'm getting on. Um, you know, if they are, you know, just their background would would, you know, affect my decision. Well, um, what type, like, just diving into that a little bit, like, what type of things in their background are you, are you referring to? Um, if they were not super comfortable with JavaScript, I might go with, um, you know, the Babel approach, because, like you said, there's more documentation out there. Um, uh, also, like, experience level. Um, this is a tough question. I would say if if the people were uh, super experienced, then maybe I would have a little bit more trust uh, to go the Babel route. Um, you know, if it's like growing really rapidly and we have a lot of people on the team that aren't horribly familiar, I do like the safety that, you know, from what I've heard, the safety of having uh, TypeScript just because of, you know, makes the code more readable and um, the checking in there and stuff. I don't know. That's a tough question. <laughs> I don't have a good answer. There's too many outside factors that I'd have to weigh in on it. You know, it would depend, too, like, does this business, um, are we in it, like, for the long haul, or are we more in it, like, to, like, get an MVP up really quick and see what happens? Um, like, getting an MVP up really quick, I don't know, maybe TypeScript, but if we're in it for the long haul, I like the idea of having Babel in there a little more lean and you can take it out more easily. Okay. No, that's some great points. I, I think some really good things to consider. Uh, Patrick, what about you and your side? Yeah, so technically the, the start of questions completely... So it's a whole different topic because the, the idea with the startup is that you want to, like, the, the, the product's more important than the tooling. So, like, the customer doesn't care what, what 50 shades of JavaScript you're running, right? So it's it's really just, like, whatever you're comfortable with and build fast. Um, so I think your, your question is more geared towards, like, if you're, if you're starting a new project, what would you recommend? And that's more of, like... Um, Again, it's the same. It's a similar thing where it's like whatever you're comfortable with, and go from there. Do incremental changes. Like, uh, I still think like going from just turning on Babel. Most people are comfortable just with ES5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's the thing. Is like you you can't like the whole point of this like venture into new languages and everything is to help push the web forward. Like if everyone is talking about ES6 and all of its features in in Babel and TypeScript, then um, it will be implemented in the browsers, and then we don't have to worry about you know the transpilers anymore. But um, yeah, like 
I, I technically still recommend like people just whatever you're comfortable with and uh, Babel, which, which is the reason why it's so popular, allows you to do that because you're able to do incremental to like, oh, I just only want to use the function fat arrow syntax and nothing else. And so that's I, totally legitimate. I, I'll take uh, sort of a little bit from what both you are saying and have my kind of own suggestion uh, because I agree, depends on the team, depends on you know preferences, all that type of thing. I, one thing I've seen that actually is pretty successful um, is if you're working on a team, go ahead and pick some sort of project, have you know a couple people implement you know the project, you know something small, obviously, you know using um, TypeScript, other people implement it using uh, ES6 and Babel, and then kind of compare, talk about it. I, I, I found that actually um, getting your hands dirty, trying it out, having people on the team really use these things and then kind of compare on the, the same code, the same thing you're trying to implement, uh, per, sheds light a lot on those types of things, you know, what you prefer. Because uh, until you do something like that, if you're just reading about what each provides, you can go back and forth in your head all day about, you know, what you want to do. Um, so anyway, that was that's just... Uh, one thing I, I heard uh, someone mention once that I, I think uh, would be a good thing to try out. Okay, we got one more question from Twitter, and then we'll go into picks. Uh, and this one uh, from uh, Sebastian, who also uh, had an earlier question. I'm using TypeScript, but I uh, am thinking about whether to omit from TypeScript to ES5 um, or emitting to ES6 and then use Babel after. So I guess um, it's interesting because I, I haven't actually uh, thought about that of emitting ES6 from TypeScript. Uh, so Patrick, do you, have you uh, kind of seen something like that before? And, and like, what are the reasons why you would want uh, to do something like that? So I don't, I don't know if I understand the this question correctly, but I think it's either emitting. It's either translating TypeScript to to ES5 to ES6 to then use Babel, or um, emitting TypeScript to ES6 to then transition to Babel. Um, I don't know, like uh, what exactly he's trying to get at, but um, yeah. Well, maybe uh, if I was to guess, in uh, Sebastian, you can tweet us some more if you uh, have kind of follow up, but. It may be to try to utilize some of the tooling within Babel, because we mentioned that when you are writing TypeScript, you, are, you don't have some of the tooling. But if you did that interim step, then you might be able to do like a, a you know, ES, ESLint or, you know, whatever else. Um, and, or it could be like you're saying if you were trying to uh, transition. Oh, yeah, like um, use the other tooling. Well, I think like... What sucks about these languages is that um, you could technically do that, but it's just like the build step and, and the overhead is like insane. So um, what sucks is that you literally have to like pick one or the other. But uh, I think it's good for, like you said earlier, to just do a project. For me, I have like four projects where the build system is completely different. I have like a Webpack and TypeScript build, and then I have a uh, uh, System.js build with TypeScript and then uh, Babel with nothing. Um, so, like, it's good to just, like, expose yourself to all these different environments and then figure out... And then it's easier to figure out your opinion from, from there. 
Uh, so that way, like, so it's it's good to do this overall, like, to have hope. That's what side projects are great for, is you have all these side projects with different environments, and then you're able to form opinions to bring back into your company and say, like, hey, um, judging from my side projects, et cetera, like, I have, I have opinions now, and I suggest you should do it for these reasons. Um, I think that's, like, a, a good idea, but uh, let's see if he tweeted back. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, we can bring it up at the end if, if he does. So uh, let's get right into picks. We're right at the end. So Amy, why don't you start us off? Okay, so I haven't been on for a while because I've been super busy. I mean, I've been excited about this pick. So my pick is going to be November. It's a conference in November in Nashville. Nashville is awesome. So that's where I went to school, and I love it, and I miss it. And I am going back. Um, it's going to be my first conference that I'm going to speak at. So they have some awesome keynote speakers. Douglas Crawford is speaking, Yehuda Katz. So definitely check that out, and you should go because Nashville is amazing. And that's my pick. Awesome. Patrick? Yeah, so uh, one of my picks is next episode, <laughs> and that's Falcor.js uh, with uh, Jopper from Netflix, <laughs> if that's, a, if that's a, a worthy pick. But um, the other pick is, I guess the, the tip is pretty much what I said earlier, and that is uh, do side projects and expose yourself to different environments um, just because it's great to form an opinion uh, upon things and uh, discover um, so that's my tip, is just do side projects, but force yourself to, to go out of your comfort zone. But. Cool. And uh, for my pick, I am going to pick the not having the Olympics in Boston, uh, something that I am uh, psyched about. They had threatened for months now, I think six months, that they were going to bring the Olympics to Boston, which was going to be a complete nightmare. It would have... Uh, it, it, this town is already a mess uh, as it is without trying to jam, uh, you know, a million different construction projects uh, down everybody's throat. So uh, I think that it would, even though the polls were at like 70% against or something like that, I think it was more than that. I, I, I actually don't know one person who was actually for it. So uh, there's a lot of cheer. It's kind of odd to think that people were happy that they didn't get the Olympics, but uh, that was really the case here, and um, it was a good day. So uh, just a couple quick announcements. Uh, Kent will be back next week, and we have a number of great episodes lined up. Uh, Patrick mentioned uh, the next one, which will be Falcor with Jafar. Jafar is an amazing uh, developer, tech lead at Netflix. If you haven't heard him talk yet, uh, he's great. He knows a lot about the future of the web, and he's going to talk about uh, one of his uh, projects that is near and dear to his heart, Falcor. Uh, along with, you know, Angular 2. And then the week after that, August 11th, uh, we have the privilege of um, having Gleb Bamatov in to talk about performance testing, everything else under the sun, developer happiness, all sorts of stuff. It's going to be really fun. And then August 18th, uh, we're going to have Martin Gonto, uh, Jeff Goodman, and some of the other people from Auth0 to come in uh, to talk about security on the web and in mobile apps uh, with Angular. So that should be great as well. Um, definitely follow us on Twitter and Google. Uh, we'll be sending out the links for this soon. And yeah, one more question um, for the oh. clarification. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, uh, so the, the clarification on the question earlier was um, 
comparing TypeScript's output to ES5 compared to um, Babel uh, converting to ES5. So, like, he's saying that um, Babel might be better converting, emitting ES5 code compared to, to TypeScript. And that's, that's ultimately, like, I mean, like, Babel is emitting uh, code that's better for the human to read as opposed to all the other um, compilers, which emits it more towards, um, well, TypeScript is a mixture, but essentially um, this ES5 code is better for the, for the VM, right? So that's why we see Babel, the outputting of Babel code actually look more and more and more like TypeScript's output and Tracer's output, just because um, we realize that there's a certain way to to write JavaScript that is actually faster in the VM. So, um, so I think back to his earlier question of whether or not to use TypeScript to transpile to ES6 to, to use Babel to transpile to ES5. Um, I don't think it's worth the trouble to go that far. I think emitting one or the other is good enough. And um, even when dealing with outsource code, it's not it's not that hard to kind of figure out what's going on um, compared to like uh, either one of the outputs. But um, yeah, I mean TypeScript definitely isn't as bad as Tracer. Yeah, Tracer was like really bad, but like that's like they were optimizing for like uh, correctness. Um, yeah. Okay, great. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Have a great week, and we will see you next week. See you Bye. later. See you guys.